Hey, Luke, how are you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that couldn't have gone better. Couldn't have gone take better. Your, take your fake intro and shove it where the sun don't shine, Gormley. Oh, that was real, Luke. That was as real as it gets, Luke. <laughs> that was 12% real. Um, <laughs> it <what's>, was real. <laughs> what's your mom's maiden name? Minogue. Like Kylie? Really? Minogue. Huh. Why? Minogue. Well, I just think it's funny sometimes to call someone by their mom's maiden name. Uh-huh. Or, like, I'll call Aaron. I'll be like, all right, I'm Kavanaugh. And, like, she says something that I, that is very much, like, a her thing to to do. And does that piss her off? No, 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 no. no. She thinks it's funny. Um, Good. Uh, I don't think it's and, funny. Uh, I'm offended. <laughs> I'm ready to fight you. And I was like, what if I called Gomer by you? But it doesn't really work if it's, like, your mom. You know? It's true. So, um, how are things? My brother is in town with a handful of his kids. My godson, who is his second oldest, is in town with his wife and their baby. And here's the funny thing. So, he's my godson and nephew. His wife is related to the people who, me and Shannon down here in Texas, they're in Kansas City, uh, we were just the godparents of their baby. So uh, it's oh, wow. it's funny because they have the Lambert side, and the Lamberts are also Keaton Lambert is a good fan of the show. Hi, Keaton. How's it going? So uh, were there, were, were, did those people go to Steubenville? No. Or is that just a different? Okay. Uh, I'm, I think are, are they I, I remember there being someone with that last yes. name, but it could be, you know. There were some Lamberts. I think Nathan Lambert, who is younger than us, was at Steubenville. Okay. There was a girl who had that last name, I think. I feel like somehow I know her through, let's say, Adam or someone. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, our Batman episode's doing really well. Great. Good to Good hear. Good segue hey, out we, of that. <laughs> we, we just started. Please, I'm serious. Don't include that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All good. All good. <laughs> Oh boy, uh, I, I haven't checked the metrics on that. It's it's doing good. It's doing well, man. It's doing well. I get that little chartable thing, which is a little bit more accurate. And they said uh, that we had nine thousand downloads of that puppy. Ooh. I know you f- you freaks like the Batman. I love it. <laughs> Although love my it. one of my up. let me see if I can pull up the tweet from one of my deacons, Deacon Mike Crawl. He said I saw him at the movies. He goes just thirty minutes into catching foxes, but. Batman was Gen X? No way. I think it was playing to what Gen Y millennials think of Gen X, maybe. <laughs> Someone with Bruce's haircut at my high school would have been regularly beaten up. And I said, ha ha, fair enough. But remember, the world is built for millennials, even our views of other generations. I'm like, come on, he's moody, and all Gen Xers are moody. And he said, okay, yes, wait, wait. yes, I forgot that. How old is that uh, Deacon, though? Because I went to, so he, here's the thing. Yeah. The school that I went to, it was a 7 through 12, right? So you're there with um, seniors. I was at school with people who are, like, um, who are older than Shannon. Imagine that. Oh, I, I can't. Older than Shannon. Wow. I, I know. Only for, like, a year. Um, and they're firmly at the tail end of the Gen X group. And I definitely remember those people being a little um, moody. Yes, definitely moody. That's the whole grunge scene. Sad, but like with, like the, with the hair like that. Yeah, yeah. my brother Chris I mean, had not. hair like that. Although he was nineteen eighties, nineteen eighty on the dot. That's when he was born. Perhaps he wasn't that intense, but you know, but he was still moody know. as hell. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how many things? Yeah. How many downloads do you think we have? Total downloads the whole show. Oh, I oh I checked this a uh, lot. We're at eight point two million. I think uh, almost almost eight point one million. Well, 8.1 what? 8.1351. Ah, uh, damn it. We have to round down. Ah, look. <laughs> if you were to push play on the first episode and listen to all 336 with two bonus episodes, you would get 428 hours and 33 minutes. Oh, my gosh. How many days is that? I'm doing the math right now. Good gosh. 18 days if you round up. Dude. That's beautiful. That's a lot of us. That's a lot of us. That's, I'll be honest. It's not as much as I thought it was going to be. No? The average no, duration not. of a show is one hour and 16 minutes. 
Okay, that that's that actually makes sense. We're we're on target for that. So, did you listen to last week's show? Uh the a little bit, not a lot. Okay, so let me tell you what happened. I'm editing the show, and I start hearing it, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. You know what? F it. This is just the Batman, and so I cut everything that's not the Batman. Really? And I think it was uh, better for it. I think it was better for it. Like the first. I don't know, 10 seconds starts with the spoiler horn. So I, we don't talk about any of the things that we talked about. I didn't include any of it. I killed it all. I killed it. I killed it all. <laughs> I don't even remember what we put, what we talked about ahead of time, I'll I, be honest with you. Well, it wasn't that good, which is why I caught it. <laughs> caught it. But uh, we did cut the, or we talked about how I shared how Exodus 90 was actually ruining my Lent because I'm at that stage where I don't want to do oh, Exodus yeah. 90 anymore. And it's like, oh, yeah. but yet it's Lent. And screw you, buddy. <laughs> you now have 40 days of this. Uh, I am done. I am done with Exodus 90. I do like the the people who have done the Lent ones. They Or I do like the people. I like the people who have done it. But the um, the people who have done it say it's much better than the actual 90-day thing so it makes sense yeah but I'm, I'm gonna take a break from it you know what i'm gonna say i'm gonna say you know what the next 10 years lay off I, I unless i watch a youtube video and then i'll completely yeah, change yeah, my then, perspective then, who knows i'm gonna be honest i zoned out because i knew what you're talking about and i was just i'm reading a thing about andrew uh, whitworth retiring so who's that <laughs> uh he was an offensive lineman he was phenomenal he'll be a first ballot hall of famer uh who was on the Bengals from probably probably maybe Two-thirds, if not 80% or so of his career, then he went to the Rams and won a Super Bowl, this, and he retired at the um, – and it was, it was just saying a very nice thing to his kids about him retiring. I thought it was very sweet. So, so big are, fan of him. Are you ready for the answer? The Deacon just texted me back. Deacon Mike said, super curious about the context, but for the sake of answering, 51. 51 years okay, old. Okay, so he's – so he's yeah, that's, that's a thorough – you know – that's Kurt Cobain's age, pretty much. Isn't it weird that 51 years old is only 11 years older than me? 11, 11 years old? Yes. I think about this all the time. I need you, <laughs> this actually kind of goes in with what I know. I need to understand how often I check people's age and I go, shit, what have I done? All I've done is start this world-renowned podcast. Jeez. <laughs> world-renowned. We are huge in Hong Kong for like a week. <laughs> oh my gosh all i'm gonna say is if putin goes into latvia there goes part of our audience i'm not taking that <laughs> oh man you I, I will i will get on a plane with matt frad if that happens i'm getting on a plane i'm going to fight the ruskies you don't touch latvia you don't touch latvia that's catching fox's territory let us do a live show first okay <laughs> Oh, we are so um, broken. Oh. I read a phenomenal article about Putin and just the, how it ties into Russian history, which is where my head's been at with a lot of the stuff. It was really quite fascinating. And the like, thesis of it is that what he's doing is no different throughout the history uh, like uh, um, of um, Russia. You really have a civilization. They, they said like, not even a culture. You have to view it almost as almost civilization given its entire – given its you know, whole size that, is, that, it's, that their ambition – this goes back to when they had a czar and stuff. That their ambition, how and um, how they viewed themselves, have always outpaced where they are. And it's like it's almost he was basically trying to make the argument that the way that Russia runs, they can't help but have an authoritarian person in, in charge of their government, and that what Putin's doing right now is in line with what uh, with what like. This is just Russia being um, being Russia right right now, and part of their history going back to hundreds of years. And it was really interesting, just trying to, trying to I mean, like also horrifying, but just taking it in that uh, on the context because you know he's like this is a civilization that has brought about some of the greatest art and other things that the world the world has ever known, and they're capable of doing these great things. But there's almost this weird sort of they have like a complex where it's like we have to conquer, we have to dominate we have to dominate mm. and it's been that way for hundreds and hundreds of years it was really interesting just kind of again like this idea of did stalin create i love russia the like the only uh, like uh ussr or did uh, or did um russia create someone likes like um like a stalin Ooh, that's a fun question classic chicken and the egg classic yeah, soviet yeah, dictator yeah. and imperium russianum so athletic greens athletic greens <laughs> Okay, can we? I, I just I know we have I know we've got it. We ha, we ha, yeah. have some copy. My gosh, 
I am obsessed with Athletic Greens. I am absolutely obsessed with our next partner who has a product that I literally use every day. I started taking um, Athletic Greens because the pitch sounded very cool. This year, I wanted to just embrace embrace health again. You know, uh, that's just my big thing, and I, so that's one of the main reasons why I did Athletic Greens. And we and we uh, were able to meet with them and hear uh, a little bit of like what they're about. A couple other podcasts that are on par. They sent us these starter packs, yeah, which are awesome. Seventy five high quality vitamins, and minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This is what I do. I come downstairs, I open the kennel for my dog. Dog comes out, I go right over, fill up. My glass of water, 12 ounces, cold water, dump one scoop of Athletic Greens in there, and it supplements for the whole day. It's awesome because the stuff they use is sourced from whole food ingredients, made in New Zealand. It tastes good. It's a powder that you dump in your drink. You can take it on the go. All of my health care regimens have fallen to the wayside, except for Athletic Greens. That should tell you something. <laughs> I was a bit skeptical at first just because I was like, am I going to be peeing very expensive pee? Like That's what I'm, I'm wondering. So tons of people t- take some some like type of a multi vitamin, but it's important to choose one with high quality in, in greens that your body is going to like actually absorb. I can feel that happen like immediately afterwards. And I've been I'm sleeping a little bit better. Everyone, I'm begging you to buy it so they will keep giving it to us. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to. And, I mean, like, like honestly, God, I'm not kidding. Um, we're going to like both Aaron and I are going to keep doing this after like, the problem with these sponsors we start getting them because we're doing an ad and then i end up spending all the ad money on buying more products so-, so here's a great thing this stuff is lifestyle uh friendly whether you eat paleo uh keto vegan dairy free gluten free mm-hmm. it's fine it's got less than one gram of sugar uh no gmos which is very important for me and my family no nasty chemicals or artificial anything it's really good stuff so uh, this is what we're going to say. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. I have the travel packs. I will be using the travel packs. You don't have to refrigerate the travel packs. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash foxes. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash foxes. Move over, Joe Rogan, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. Of catching foxes and my body. So good. It's so good. Yeah, it's real. I'll put it in the, the show notes. It's really, really, really good. Okay. I really recommend people check it out because it's uh, it gives you a unique perspective on the whole um, situation, which I, I think is just, um, you know, it's. I, I'm a little annoyed with, um, <laughs> let's just say everyone right right now, but. Um, I think there's some people who just don't have a real understanding of what is going on there. I think, I mean, we, are you talking about podcast? The main parts. No. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like, like, <coughs> sorry about that. Um, I forgive you. Uh, the main points being that um, Russia is invading Ukraine. I'm so sorry about my voice. I'm just, I'm getting over being really, really sick. Um, but no one's take. I feel like, Often people just aren't trying to understand of what's actually happening and like why is this happening? Is this this is not because Joe Biden's weak, or this is not because Trump isn't in office? Is that at play? That that could possibly well be. But there are um, this is this is decades in the work. Yeah, this is the result of so many things that are going on, and of a group that a man that feels. I think truly threatened by the existence of NATO of a group. I'm not, this is not me trying to defend what he's doing. Let me be very, yeah. um, very uh, clear. I am I am appalled at Catholics who are taking that route. I think it is absolutely sinful. Like, and more, I think it is disgusting. But um, so, uh, and feel free to add me about that. Um, let's have that conversation, freaks. Um, anyways. <laughs> um, my point, though, <laughs> is uh, the, if you take a group on the like NATO, their whole purpose is to contain and control Russia, to not get out of control, right? That's why you, it came about in the late 1940s to stop the expansion of – and to try to yeah. – combat, if you will, the Soviet Union. And so the Ukraine joining that is a direct is, – is viewed as like in their mind that exists – like, even though Amunato said that they've changed their purpose after the fall of the Soviet Union, it's like, well, have you? So now he's in – now, like, he views it as, like, as like, um, as, like, a threat. And you have this group that has a history of wanting to be, like, if you're going to view us as a threat, we're going to take you down. 
you know, and so it should be no surprise that he is that he is doing this, and he's doing it poorly. But they're still doing it, and they're not going to stop because they will throw and throw and throw as much as they can at at this. And um, this guy basically says the only way you're going to end this is if you build some type of um, a golden bridge where it's you have to have a way where they can retreat, where they feel like they're getting something, but it is a retreat. Uh, it's a retreat it is a retreat none, um, none the less. So I'm curious to see about, like, what's, what's your take on that? Well, being the geopolitical experts that we are. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, just a brief disclaimer. I am an expert on everything Russia and Ukraine. So that's why I have this podcast is literally for this moment. Um, no, back in the old anti-war days, I used to, um, you know, part of the criticism back. of, yeah, I know, right? Part of the criticism of NATO was that they they can tend to take a provocative stance, right? When you put missiles in Turkey, you're, and you didn't need to, you know, because Soviet wasn't expanding. But the, the other side of it is the... Um, the uh, South Ostia, like all the different things that they're doing to their other neighbors that were former Soviet-controlled territories, they follow a very similar pattern. And so the Ukraine, I mean, yeah, it is it, – it, I'm sure it is scary or whatever to have an American-controlled entity right next to um, – on the border with Russia in the Ukraine in terms of NATO, right? But at the same time, mm-hmm. NATO is a sovereign nation that can decide to enter into treaty alliances. But at the same time, those treaty alliances have consequences. So um, obviously, I don't know all this stuff. But one of the things that drives me insane about these conversations about it is um, they are they are like so – I don't want to say one-sided because I'm, I'm all Ukraine, right? But they're so um, – like the U.S. media does an amazing job when it wants to of making us seem like the perfect pure ones and everyone else as the demonic evil bad guy. Uh, I mean, it's very easy to set up the 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 us versus them uh, kind of narrative. And so, whenever I hear that narrative, now I I despise Putin. I think Putin is a monstrous dictator who kills journalists and you know does all sorts of horrible stuff and hates the Catholic Church, which he said. Uh, <laughs> Listen to him when he talked about Joe Biden. He talked. Uh, he was interviewed by the press, and he went on and on about Joe Biden's Catholicism and how it's foreign to a, the true Orthodox mind and all this stuff. And I'm like, Joe Biden's not really Catholic. <laughs> like, I mean, he is, but he's not. He's not. Um, so it, it was just funny. Like, you know, what's his name? The our, our, our crown prince of whatever Holy Roman Empire. He said the one guy you got to watch out for politically is Putin. Because he'll cause all sorts of trouble, and uh, and that was before he was even mm-hmm. in charge. So I don't know. I I think Putin. So what I'm trying to say is the Book of Revelation is being fulfilled right now as we speak. <laughs> uh, the the it, 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 the first beast is actually a giant bear, and uh, turns out you don't have to <laughs> Putin launch on that bear. Yeah, he's riding it shirtless. You don't have to kill the bear. All you got to do is tickle it. It's oh my gosh! It uh, have you heard that the Pope's going to consecrate Ukraine and um Russia to Our Lady of Fatima? I hope so. Yeah, he's doing that apparently, which I think is very, very cool. So, yeah. Well, the other thing would um, be to start uh, to appoint a patriarch of Ukrainian, the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, to have a Ukrainian Catholic Church. <coughs> so it's no longer called Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's been broiled in controversy, but. Well, no, and I mean, the whole thing about how, like, they're, because they're main guys in Russia, right? The, the bishop that they report to. So well, not the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. Their main guy is in Greece. No, but isn't there someone in so uh, yeah? Ukraine? So Metropolitan uh, Kirill K I R I L L. He is in charge of all. He is the head of the Orthodox Church for the Russians and all all Russians. Right. So his title is not just overall Russia. But overall mm-hmm. Russians. Mm-hmm. And so part of the argument is in Belarus and all these other places is that the, the, the pan-Slavic unity, right? So there's a lot of Ukrainians who identify as Russian, not as Ukrainian. And so um, what happened was the Metropolitan, the great um, patriarch of Constantinople, made 
the Ukrainian church and autocephalous church, which granted them freedom from Moscow. So they were under Moscow. And then the Greek patriarch said, you're no longer under, under Moscow. You're free. You're, uh, you have uh, autonomy, basically. And the Moscow, and he did it without the Moscow guy's permission. And that has been horrific in terms of over. So there's this huge split right now between Third Rome, also known as Moscow, and Second Rome, also known as Constantinople, uh, within Orthodoxy. So there's a lot of controversy with that there. So like when like Viagano or whatever his name is, that freak, when he calls him Third Rome. That's not a bad thing, then. That is a reality. So, Third Rome was what Moscow was called. Like, that's like an uh, uh, an Orthodox. It's not a Catholic. It's an Orthodox okay. title of Rome because, um, or title of Moscow because essentially Rome is right. The the in Orthodoxy, Rome doesn't have primacy in the sense of the papacy that is universal jurisdiction. They're first mm-hmm. among equals, and then with the mutual excommunications and the schism between us. The basically the Greek the Constantinople patriarch holds that right the Greek Orthodox so he's they they kind of consider that a second Rome when Diocletian divided the empire so okay. now you okay. have then you know six hundred seven hundred years later with the the gospel going up into Slavic peoples through um, Cyril and Methodius and this really get the Cyrillic alphabet which I think is so awesome but then you have once the Russian peoples begin converting. Um, when Moscow converts, it's kind of like when France converts, right? The king and all the king's court and all the the mm-hmm. major players, they all convert. So it's, mm-hmm. France is called the, the mm-hmm. eldest daughter of the church. Daughter of the church. Yeah. yeah. So that's essentially what happened in Russia. And Russia being this, you know, this massive, massive country, it was – so then they called mm-hmm. Moscow Third Rome. So it's a, it's a title that's, that's historical. It's interesting. I, I – um, <laughs> It's not I, a Catholic I, title. I, I think – I think Russia is just like so fascinating because it the it's this guy in this article he talks about like you almost have to view it as like it's Europe but it's not yeah. and it's Asia but it's not and it's and it's its own culture but it's even beyond that it, you know he calls it you have to almost view it as it is almost civilization and it it's such a um, I um, can't remember if I talked about this before but I've got that book about the all of the aristocrats that were killed during the Bolshevik stuff and. Uh, it was just you just see how like they're again like no there's insane corruption going there's a reason why all that stuff happened so I'm not trying to make yeah. light of yeah. that by any means necessary but there is this devotion to Russia and to the church to uh, like with a lot of those individuals that really um it's just it's so interesting it's so interesting and how they just time and time again they had a chance to leave but they didn't and they said I cannot leave on Mother Russia yeah. And I was like, wow, like that's so I, – I, I hate to say it, but I like admire it. Now, again, I'm not trying to say like – I think what Russia's doing is is horrific. But it speaks to this thing where like I think it's so – I think it's – one of the hardest things for us to do as Americans, I truly believe this, is to put ourselves into the shoes of another country, especially in like another place that is beyond, let's say, you know, 500 years old. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. yeah. It's just we have no point of reference for that. So to us, in every a movie we make, the nobility—they're the bad guys. The uh, like the king is the bad guy. The stuff like anything that's not a like post enlightenment democratic. I don't mean that like the, like the party. I mean like where you you um, have democracy and stuff. Like if it's not that, it's wrong. And just to see other people who are like you have a different point of point of view and understanding their history and their um, the way they view the the world, it really is um, fascinating. And in a place like um, like um, Russia, I can't help but just be sad because there's this phenomenal, beautiful culture that is just hell bent on destroying the world because they feel like they don't have their rightful place within it. And, and it's super interesting because you know you got to divide the Russian people from the Russian government, government, yeah. oh, yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. from the yeah. czar to. Yeah. But one of my favorite things, you know, this uh, this segment of the show that's kind of gone away a little bit uh, that we need to bring back, which is uh, wh- what did we call it? Gomer goes to high school or whatever. Uh, the, oh, all those uh, books that I yeah, never read. Yeah. So I decided yeah. to read uh, Dostoevsky's. Mm-hmm. Not the brother. Uh, oh gosh, which one was it? Crime and Punishment. 
And um, uh, no, not it's not the, the brothers Karamazov. The idiot, or is that? Told, I, I get it always a little bit confused. Oh, gosh, this is embarrassing now. Hold on, not the idiot. War and Peace. No, that is, see the problem is when you want to go and talk about Russian authors, you confuse Dostoevsky with um, his name Leo Tolstoy. Everyone always confuses him with Tolstoy. Oh, Tolstoy, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Fyodor Dostoy, so yeah, Crime and Punishment, Crime and Punishment. I read Crime and Punishment. Crime and Punishment, okay. okay. And that's okay. the story of a man who thinks himself an elitist, and he's going to go kill this woman that no one likes, and then in the act of killing her, her sweet, dumb sister walks in, and he has to kill her too, and then it's the conviction of his immorality. He keeps trying to say, like, I should get away with this because I'm, I'm an elite, blah, blah, blah. But in the intro to the book, it explained, like, why Dostoevsky was a uh, – I can't remember the phrase that they use for it um, – basically pro-Slavic. And he – he, many people at that time loved being Russian and fa- – who were faithful Russian Orthodox or, and probably faithful Catholics as well. Um, they loved it because unlike Western Europe, Russia never went through the Enlightenment. So you find that um, in Dostoevsky's writings, oftentimes he uses the, the, the figures who represent the West as logical, materialist, atheist failures. And they need to be saved by the pure gospel. And he manifests it in all these you know, incredible ways like the conscience of the, of the Russian that convicts him before any police officer does. So it's things like that. And so um, one of the things that – that happened in Russia was they didn't have the enlightenment, but then they, 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 they didn't have the 16th and 17th century or 18th century, but they plunged right into the 19th century with the rise of the Bolsheviks. And, you know, it's like they skipped the mm-hmm. democratization part and then it's like, well, time to kill all the people holding land, you know, and it just went, yeah. it just went to straight Almost revolution. Million. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's crazy, but like, that was, you know, and and we watched it when we took French Rev in 19th century Europe, a year apart from each other because I went the wrong year. But um, loser, as he was talking about the French Revolution and all the Enlightenment and how it was working its way throughout Europe, like you would have like Austria, the Holy Roman Emperor, banning contemplative religious orders because they don't do anything. So you can be a religious and be a teacher, like a teaching religious order or a hospital worker, but if your religious order was just contemplation. Sorry, adios. And so that's what happened to the Cartauza in Gaming. It was the largest Carthusian monastery in Europe. And it got shut down. And then Napoleon rolled in a couple of generations later and used mm-hmm. the chapel as his horse stable. You know, like cr- crazy stories. But that. Well, and th- then the Russians, at some point, it was um, Russian troops occupied it, I believe, during the First and Second World, World War. <sighs> it is wild. It is wild. Like, we don't yeah. know. We don't know. Like, well, that's what I mean. Like, w- sorry. I was just going to uh, say, like, go like when Islam was at its most threatening, it was all the way up into Spain and all the way all over North Africa and up into Poland. Like, people don't realize, like, Islam had gotten all the way that high up. And then they started losing ground. And when they started losing, they never won again. And then the collapse of the Ottoman Empire and all that stuff. Well, but that's why, like, I mean, at the Cartauza, like, the wall, it's meant to protect people when um, they would attack. Like, when, um, I remember which group, but it was, like, they they were, for lack of a better term, Muslims, right, who would attack. Yeah. That's why they built the wall. Yeah, yeah. And when they would all go go underground and come out on yeah. the, the side where, where the cave is. So the funny thing, the funny thing about that is crescent rolls, crescent actually comes it's not a french thing it's actually making fun of the symbol of islam of the crescent moon because um because well the saracen troops were laying siege to vienna vienna like vienna austria they're laying siege to it the people are in the walls drank there go on (laughs) uh did some sin in there um i'm just kidding I'm just kidding. Actually, when I went there, I was as pure as the morning dew. I was the altar server. So boring. I know. Um, But so they, the Muslims were tunneling under the walls, and the bakers at three o'clock in the morning were all waking up to start baking, and they heard it, and they alerted the city guard, and the city guard alerted the army, and they rushed them, and because they were so many of the forces were under the walls, 
they just like slaughtered them in the tunnels because they were trying to collapse the walls from underneath the standard like siege warfare tactic they were mm-hmm. trying to collapse it and instead they got caught in there in a bottleneck and just got slaughtered and that is what saved them right like and so the bakers all baked crescent moons and everyone ate them uh and that became the symbol of crescent rolls isn't that fun Guys, I am so freaking excited about this new sponsor for Catching on Foxes. I'm talking to you guys today about Executive Coach Solutions. They are a um, leadership consulting firm that brings creativity and strength-based training to the art of business management. ECS works with individuals to bring out their talents to enable them to be happier and more effective at work. I cannot emphasize that part enough. I had the chance to work with them back in 2018 and 2019. It was absolutely incredible. It made me so much better at my job. I have skill sets that I use to this day. When you invest in yourself, especially if you are like a priest or if you are at a parish, a lot of times as church workers, we always don't get that soft skill that we need in order to lead well. And this is what Executive Coach Solutions does. They provide you with those soft skills that you need to be a more effective leader. And I'm 100% happier at work than I was before I worked with them. I feel like I have the tools now to really talk with anyone that I work with about, about like anything. I have the ability to set goals, set priorities. Do things that, especially if you work in the church, people don't really provide you with any of the know-how on on how to do that. And they do such a great job that any, like even if you don't work for the church, this is actually primarily for people who work in a business setting, but it 100% applies to people who work at the church as well. This is really an opportunity for like anyone who listens to our podcast who wants to get better at their career. I encourage you 100%. You're going to get all the practical soft skills you wish you had, you had learned when you work with them. So this is what I want you to do go to executivecoach.solution slash foxes and schedule a phone call talk about where you want your career to take you you're going to be better at your job they're going to give you the tools in order to do that i really encourage you just just to go to their site schedule a call talk about where you want your career to take you that website again is executivecoach.solution slash um foxes and schedule a phone call today to talk about where you want your career to take you Oh, man. So much of our history is just bathed in violence. (laughs) And you think it's going to get better because we have Twitter? No, sir. No, No, sir. sir. We should not be surprised. Mm. But, I mean, and that's – I guess what I'm saying is that, like, there's this whole – like, Eastern Europe has this culture that I I genuinely kind of – I think sounds better. I I enjoy more Eastern European culture um, than I thought I would. Yeah. And I I think that their songs sound better. I love, like, the language. It's very – and this is why, I mean, this whole, this is, uh, this, what's going on is tragic on so many levels. And I, this shouldn't surprise us at all that, uh, that um, this happened because this has been the MO of this um, country for the last couple hundred years. Mm-hmm. And wanting to be on the stage, feeling that they should be on top, and willing to destroy a, an entire country, an entire, people if they feel that that's being taken away like say what you will about like like united states george bush i would like i like iraq whatever i i just don't think the united states would do something as vile as that as what you know like as just kind of being like you're threatening me i'm gonna destroy everything about you now like everything that's what i feel like i feel like he wants to destroy everything about ukraine you know, like to him, it should just be a part of Russia. I mean, he had a thing where yeah. he said, if you're not, I'm careful, I won't even I'll make you a state or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Shit. Like, yeah, it's just and I, and I know like the United States is not a perfect place. And we have done some horrific things in the name of our country and in our um, national um, interest. And I'm not trying to justify. But to me, there's a big um, difference between um, this. I'm trying to compare two evils here. OK, so keep that in mind. It is a um, greater evil, in my opinion, to want to wipe a culture and a people off the face of the earth. And that's what I think he wants to do. He wants to take Ukraine. He wants to go away with it. He wants it to go away and just to be part of Russia. Anyone else who tries to join the West that he thinks is rightfully theirs, he wants to do this, the like, like, um, same thing. And I, I just, it's, it's awful. The whole thing is just absolutely awful. And I have enjoyed someone of the unified front that like the entire like West has had towards this. 
this like article as well, they uh, talk a bit about how this has somehow unified everyone in a way that hasn't happened in you know a while. Not even the football, not even the football like Super League could do this, but. They've really come back and be like, no, you're not going to do this. Like, we're all going to act as one in in um, in this. And I, I – one thing that, that they bring up that I think I, – I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to what a lot of um, Catholics have uh, have um, talked about. But, like, like, this guy says this is not him trying to push back against the decline of – against, like, the – like, of what, like, people view as the, like, moral failings of um, Western culture. This has nothing to do with like the like decay of the West or with the decadence of the West. This has everything to do with like um, with um, Russia wanting to be powerful, and that's it. And my fear is, my concern is, there are certain p- people and certain I don't know archbishops or something that want to make this about the decline of the West, or they want to make it about globalist agendas. And- yeah, yeah, about like this is just another, you know, like this is um, some because I mean, listen, y- you can you can f- make I I can see how you can f- try to make that make that narrative fit. There are um, pieces there where you see a somewhat religious country, if you will, which I think is an insane thing to say, but whatever, trying to push back, if you will, against a post-Christian West. That like that like narrative is there if you want it, but I don't think it's reality. Yeah. It's like you know, it would be like if you know we were to say this podcast is like about like about like a about like a guy about like we're um, you know having a Texan and and like having a good old Ohio boy come and like talk about the state of America. Like that's what's happening, but that's not what our podcast is about <laughs> or, or the dynamics of it at all. <laughs> you know, but if you want to, like, I guess you could say it's that. But it's not in like in the slightest. Hmm. Oh, I really want to go down this Archbishop um, Vigano route, but you're not taking any of my bait. Well, because I didn't read his article except through the lens of Father Jason on Matt Frad show. I only listened to about forty minutes of him, and this Father Jason guy loves Bishop, Bishop Archbishop Vigano. Um, he goes out of his way to say what a good and holy man he was and that he's met him and all this stuff and how he thought he was courageous writing, especially that first letter and all that stuff, exposing McCarrick. But, uh, he said, but this last letter is horrible. And he's like, I don't think he wrote it because I don't think he would say these things. And the level of vitriol from traditional Catholics Mm -hmm. as... You know, this is this is nothing other than a globalist agenda. Russia's doing nothing wrong. Like all this stuff, you're like, what? What it really is happening? What is happening? Like, what? I mean, this guy just rescued a bunch of Ukrainian orphans, but like the the level of vitriol that they received from that, you're just like, none of that is like. That's what I'm realizing today is. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't make sense. It's incongruent. Like, do you really know? Oh, you really know this is a false flag? Thing? Oh, you really know this is psyops? Like, you really know that? And when you begin to play with these meta narratives that, that really don't make sense, you're like, dude, just I give up. I give up. Can't just money and power be the old? <laughs> Can't we just say money and power? That runs everything. <laughs> that's, that's just That's just given. Oh, man. Well, and that's I, I think that's one of the things that really just bothers me about that, that all of that is that it um I've I kind of hopped off the um I hopped off of the Vigano train after the second letter. No, I don't remember the how many there was after been. the first. No, 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 no. I was on. No, I liked the first letter. I know, but I after the I, first, the, the the I don't think you were into the second or third. Well, I mean, that's that's what I mean. Like yeah. when that came out, I think that's when I was like, ah. Ugh. When people what are you talk, doing, when people talk about the Great Reset, like they have the black book that describes everything that's really happening. Yes, I'm aware of the Time Magazine article called the Great Reset, and I understand every sick, selfish son of a bitch politician is going to leverage the pandemic to get whatever they want in whatever way. I totally agree with that. Totally get that. Like, we're all a bunch of self-interested psychopaths who want our group to win always, all the time. But at the same, like, just to be like, 
just as uh it just broke my chubby little heart to read his stuff and i was like oh no you were my guy expo you were like the counterculture guy now i'm like oh no i just am scared of everything you're saying now well and that's what really but like i mean even the archbishop here in almost Cincinnati, when his first letter came out he he went on the radio i mean i feel no problem saying this he said this i heard him i'm talking about he goes if he said this stuff we should listen yes i remember that a lot of a lot you know? of them said I, that yeah yeah, and and I and I re, I mean like I don't know Archbishop Schner, you know, well, but I know him well enough to say that he is not going to come out and um, say that in public unless he really believes yeah. it. Deep down, I mean he has to be 100% con- like convicted that that is the absolute truth. Yeah. And um so I took it seriously and then I and I think I expressed that on this podcast. And then afterwards, I was like, when more stuff started to come out, I was like, eh. he could be right about the first one and wrong about everything else. Yeah. You know, like a like I remember hearing a, a person who was had been very involved in a lot of the church priest scandal stuff. He's like, you know, there was a guy who was talking about all of this stuff back in, I want to say, like the late 80s or something. But he was kind of a nut job. And so no one paid attention to him. But he was right about this one thing. And he's like, you can't fault the church, though, for not – I'm listening to this guy because he was – half the stuff he was saying was just insane. <laughs> so it kind of – you know, it's a little bit of like a boy cried wolf thing where it's in the sense of like you say all this other crazy crap, but this thing is right. Mm-hmm. You lose your credibility. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I just um, – I just really encourage everyone like when the world feels insane, it's very easy to find – a demigod to find a thing to try to, to try to make sense of everything because the world makes you feel like you're nuts for believing what believing that God is real, that he's involved in our lives, that he's involved in this world and that, that there are things that we are called to like that, like there are things in this world that are absolute on all the lies that, that everyone um, holds up as being, not only things that are bad, but things that like we should celebrate. And you're, when you're when you suffer because of those things, when you lose relationships with your friends, with like your families, when it's hard to date, when it's hard to do all of this stuff, when it's just hard to exist, it's easy to try to cling to these demigods and make them sense of everything. People like Killer Marshall, people like the, uh, like uh, like you know all of uh, like uh, like vegano stuff. Um. Us, uh, yeah, no, no, but like even us, even us, even I'll, I'll say even us. Like we're not like um bishops. We're not like like we can like we're we're guides along the way, right? Like that's what we are. We're these people who are like, hey, we're trying to point towards like a deeper uh, like a deeper thing here. And sometimes we're even wrong about that, like what we're trying to point on people towards. And but we're not the thing, you know. We're we're not we're not like the hidden thing that's giving you all of, like all like all. All all of the secrets. We're just people who are on the journey with you, who are trying to provide perhaps a plate of a like a like place of rest, a place of comfort, a you know place of sexual a healing, place of clarity. Exactly, but the, your ultimate home is in Christ and in the church. That's the place of true rest. That's why a parish is called a parish. Like. It's the church, and when the church is insane, it's easy to like get caught up in all of this other stuff. But it 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 always falls apart, and you're always going to be let down, and you're always you're always going to be screwed up because of it. So I don't know what I'm. I'm just like, pay attention to the church, not to these insane idiots. It's almost like rage is the new currency. Yeah. On that note, patreon.com slash cf, patreon.com slash cf. <laughs> <laughs> if you like our version of of the demigods, there's a lot more booze involved, um, much more. Yeah. Hey, I got another topic if you want to switch gears. Oh, let's do it. What is it? What could it possibly be? All right, buckaroos, here we go. It's a new BetterHelp ad read. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk 
about BetterHelp a lot on this show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around a mental health. There are a lot of people that think if you're in therapy, it means that there's something wrong with you, but that's wrong too. It means that you recognize that all humans have emotions. We can't avoid them, so we need to learn how to manage them. I love that part. We've been taught that that a mental health shouldn't be part of normal life, which is also wrong. We take care of our bodies with the gym, the doctor, and nutrition. We should be focusing on our minds just as much as we focus on on our body. So as a lot of you guys know, I went to therapy a couple, like probably started maybe two years ago. It was a fantastic experience. I find that it's just, uh, just get up, like helps you on the process. A lot of the junk that's, that's happened. And a lot of, and even like part of the good stuff too, what are some um, good things that are going on in your life? You need to recognize, or just, just having an outside voice walk with you as you process stuff is really very, very cool. And I want to, the great thing about better help is that it is a much more um, affordable than in-person um, therapy. And you can be matched with the therapist in under um, 48 hours. I want you to give BetterHelp a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is spotted by by BetterHelp and Catching Foxes I'm a, and Catching Foxes listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash foxes. Thank you to BetterHelp for once again sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. So... Uh, so did you hear the most recent Catholic stuff you, um, I should know, um, episode? No, I see that you linked it in our show notes. Phenomenal. Head on over Phenomenal. to catchingfoxes.fm slash number of this episode, which I think is 335. One of the greatest podcast episodes I have ever if heard. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So father, um, you know, they've, they've had some um, personal issues that they are, I'm um, working out and they were relatively honest about, about them. And right now, father, um, Goble is going to step out of the podcast just to prioritize their relationships over the podcast and to, and to hear them talk about it. It just reminds me of like, of like the feeling of when like, you know, when like you and your wife have like an argument and you try to resolve it, and it gets resolved, and you have a plan for it, and you don't have, like, a good um, feeling about what you're doing, but you know it's the right um, thing. Like, there's some peace about it, but it's, you're not, like, necessarily um, joyful and happy. Yeah. You're just like, this is going to be good. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be good. It feels like that. It feels like an, an experience of that, which I think is solely a lacking within the church right now because everyone wants to provide an answer to everyone's problem because that's where the money is. And there's no money in what they're doing. Yeah. Like, there's um, no money at all. There's, you could even say, like, oh, how is it going to hurt their brand? Like, I think, if anything, it's such a gift what they're doing because they're saying this is what real community actually looks like. This is what a vocation actually um, looks like right here. It is, this is the, this is an example. And they did a great job of not going too deep into it. But just enough that you could kind of understand what the dynamics are. <coughs> and actually, I'm listening to an older um, episode of theirs, and they quoted they had some. And while they were talking about, it, they had some quote from John Newman about how like like change is just one of the constant parts of um, life. And I just wanted to talk about that for a bit because I've been I've been I've, I've just been reflecting off of that at, after that episode, and I um. You know, and like as bummed as I was to hear that, just because I one, I just like really love their podcast, and two, I love the support that we've had from um, Father Goble, how he's really talked so well about us when he hasn't had to or anything. It, yeah. Honestly, I'm like, well, there goes that. But um, it is like I'm like, this is such a good thing for people to see and experience, and the fact that like we, I'm someone who probably doesn't like change as as like much as I I'm gonna say that I do. And we're in a period of, of our of, of I'm in a period of my long, of my own life where change is coming rapidly. I'm getting more gray hairs than I ever have before. Everly is growing constantly. All of a sudden, I feel like I just skipped over two years, and I am staring down at forty. Um, I'm almost you know I'm gonna after after I do um, grad school in. June, I'll be pretty much like eighty percent of the way done with grads with grad school. Um, real change is coming, and I'm experiencing it. And it, it's um, and one and one sense, I am glad that it's happening, but it also kind of terrifies me. And I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that. I feel bad that I haven't listened to the "If Nothing Changes, Nothing Changes" episode. I love so Catholic stuff. You should know has always been about the fraternity of those priests 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've had falling outs within their group. But, like, the, number one, they're so stupid for leaving money on the table. I mean, they have, like, 100,000 downloads <laughs> I know, per I episode. Like, Good Lord. <laughs> Good Lord. But they do the show right. Like, they sit there. They do the show. They got their shout outs. They build their community. I'm like, Patreon? When, like, <laughs> when, like, they said a thing about how Spotify wanted to offer them some stuff to do, like, like a behind-the-scenes thing, I sent um, Father John a text, and I just said, I cannot believe you guys left that. We would have taken that up in a heartbeat. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. without even thinking. Yeah. So what what was the what was the essence of uh, Father Goebel's reason for leaving? I think they just in terms of guard, with regards to their like their relationships, and I don't remember exactly some stuff in his own life or something that he just you know kind of going through a period of like change and like uh, ch- uh, change and healing. And for order to do that, I think he just needs to not be on the podcast for the time being. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I think um, the the ability. You know, Matt Frad says this occasionally where he – celebrity priests make him nervous. You know, he – do you remember him saying that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 very – life becomes very difficult for a priest when he's a celebrity. And, you know, we shouldn't be making priests celebrities. But I feel like that's true about Catholicism. Like it is so easy to – I mean kind of going back to your previous – thing it is so easy to make a demigod or a patron saint out of someone who espouses views that you believe and that you like and you've heard give a talk and all that stuff that you really really enjoy um but the catholic celebrity side of it and i'm speaking as someone who is a definite hardcore d-list catholic celebrity maybe even c-list Oh, we're we are C-list now. We may have dropped a D because we have minutes <laughs> recently. But say we. COVID may have hurt us a little I bit. I wouldn't but, you know, say we. I mean, we're gonna get recognized anywhere we go. Let's be honest. Here. I wouldn't say we. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did get recognized, and that was the funniest moment of my life. Sky walked up. I was right, right before my sister-in-law's baptism of her baby. I'm in this church I've never been in before. The guy walks, and I just notice him, and <laughs> he walks all the way around, comes up in front of my in-laws, and I'm like, oh, he must be part of the fa- No, he's coming right over to me. And he walks up, and he goes, big fan of Catching Foxes. And I was like, oh, I love you. And then I turn around, and I look at my brother-in-law, and I go, you heard it. And he's like, that's bullshit. And I was like, you heard it. You heard it. It happened. It happened. I wasn't mm-hmm. wearing a sign. I wasn't at an event. <laughs> yeah, that happened. I told you that happened to me when I was at like a professional on development course um, with like fundraising. Yes. It had nothing to do with the church at all. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Winning. Winning. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no. And so, um, but one of the, the worst. One of the things that you do is you get caught up in the momentum of the thing you're doing because it's tied to things like income. And they've gone out of their way to make sure it's not tied to things like income, which they are so dumb leaving money on the table. They could have <laughs> repatted all their pews with the amount of money that that would have brought in. They could have brought us into a network with them. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I like J10 initiatives. <laughs> yeah. Listen, J10 initiative. We are for sale. We'll be your money maker. Yeah. We will not be. We will be your money drainer. Um, but no, I mean. I, Why are we getting sued? Whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think it's, I think it's brave and I don't think it's, that's a dumb word to use. I, so I think it's very smart for them to, because they would be classified. I'm sure they'd be abhorred to receive this title, but they are Catholic influencers. I think they have done more for the Catholic priesthood in the past 10 years than anything else. I agree. Because. Yeah. They talk, they they are they talk like normal human persons. They have a profound theological and philosophical knowledge. They also have a profound cultural knowledge that they can talk about anything willy-nilly. Uh a lot of Simpsons quotes. They're, you know, what's his name? Father John Neppel is Captain he's probably Captain America. I mean, the guy is like, "Oh, I just got done kayaking in the Colorado mountains." Like he's always doing something cool. They know booze like you wouldn't believe like they got it. Like they got all the right vibes and to just be like, nope, this is interfering with my priesthood or this is interfering with, you know, uh, a healing that I need or whatever it might be. I, again, I don't know. But that, that, but that's them. I have met them, you know, four, five, six times now. And mm-hmm. I have never come away from that encounter without being more impressed by them. And, yeah. And, and yeah. I just think yeah. like for, for us lay folks – who derive our income 
that's the path to become the hack. Right? The hack is like, I know I need to step back, but the money's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And and then you end mm-hmm. up compromising your Catholicism. And I don't want to do that, but I'm willing to if the price is right. Hello, Spotify. <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm just, Spotify. I'm just kidding. We'll we'll delete any episode you want. <laughs> All of our Alex Jones episodes, we will delete today. We'll put in fake episodes, whatever you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and I and, and that's the thing, because like, that's what like what I loved about it. And it says real change requires like actual murder, <laughs> murder. Murder. She wrote. Do 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 That's that's a Doogie Howser thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but it uh, like I think it requires two things. One is receptivity. Receptivity. I'm sorry. And two is. Um, real is like real courage. So the ability to actually accept what is what is going on to be to be receptive to what is happening, and the courage to go out and to face that. And how do we be brave? Like you know, you, you can only like the only way that you can be on the brave is is if you are scared, right? Thank you, Ned Stark. Um, <laughs> what is that the, it, the the Catholic book? Be brave in the scared. How I learned to trust God during the most difficult days of my life. Mary Lenneberg. Ned Stark said it way better. Um, <laughs> when he's talking to Bran, uh, no, I'm sure that's a very good good book. But still, um, that I like because listen, like age is coming. And change is, is and um, uh, change is coming. You know, so in another twenty years, we'll be staring like we're just as far um, um, right now as we are from when we met each other, as we are from the age of sixty. Yeah, you know, so like, ch- like we are, our lives are like, you know, we're a third of the way done at least, if not, we're actually probably, you know, we're coming up to the half, the halfway point. <laughs> so much I need to get in order, and that's okay. Like that's okay. The, the 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 thing that's bad is like trying to act like it's not happening, mm. or to not embrace that. And when you grow old, one of the things is like you change out of relationships. Like, and your life's going to change. You can either hide from it, or you can try to confront that and dwell and and dwell in reality. Which I think is really the problem with a lot of like these like demigods that people want to go to is we don't we're trying to make sense of reality because it seems so um like so like broken, and sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes you ha- you have a friendship that on paper should be working, but it's not, and you have to take time to stop and to work on it. And sometimes you have relationships in, in your life that are broken and that are not working that you really have to cut off. Yeah. And that's 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 insanely difficult. It's much easier to act like everything's fine. Mm. Like, and I know that I want to get a little bit personal here without getting out getting specific, but like, it's super tough to like have a relationship with a person, like to try to like to reach a point where like I, I just we're not like we're just not gelling anymore. Have you had that happen with like a good friend? You're like on paper, this should work. We have this history, we have whatever, but it's just not. And I'm just and like that's just and you, you kind of realize that and you're like that's I'm not saying it's bad or yeah. it's good, but it's like can you be okay with that? Yeah, well, Deacon might crawl. Like I hate that guy, but I should like him. I don't hate him. I'm just joking. I was trying to be funny and you're being serious, and now I feel bad because he didn't immediately pick up on it and laugh, and now I feel like a total dork. Ah. No, okay. The, no, I, I do like the way you phrase that. Like on paper, this relationship, this we ought to be friends on paper. In reality, it's not working. It's not clicking. It's not firing. It ain't happening. Yeah, mm. I, I'm and I, proud. And, and I I'm, don't. Sorry. Oh, go no, ahead. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm proud of of the priests for being able to do this and reprioritize stuff. I really am. Yeah, but that's what it looks like, though. Like it looks like there's kind of like a mourning that has to happen with that but i love the fact that they like acknowledge it they, they did a thing it was very much like i'd be curious to know like where they got it from but um you know like household we would have like a we would um have like a send off when you were a senior i got two of them um <laughs> uh and you cried during mine it was so super uh <laughs> it really surprised me like when you started to cry too um then i started crying um, then we just held each other 
Yeah, <laughs> be like, it got a little weird, everyone. <laughs> what? You never cried and hold another and, and uh, held another man in front of um, forty other men. It's very normal. It's very normal. Franciscan. Who cares? <laughs> Apply today. Yeah. <laughs> Apply today. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. No, but um, like. Uh, <laughs> what's my point? They, they they did a thing where like they like said like they basically um honored him and like here's what you've given to the podcast and to the people and it was really beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, man, I love the fact that they're like acknowledging this and they're like they're not they're really entering into this and they are saying goodbye, not to like their um, friendship with him, but to his place on the show and they are like I'm recognizing that and they're allowing all of the listeners to be a part of that as well. I was like, this is one of the best podcast episodes I've ever heard. And not in terms of like the, it wasn't even about what they talked about or even how they said it, but it was like what they were doing. Mm-hmm. That was so powerful in that, in that um, moment. And I think a, like a lot of us probably have some things in our lives that we need to like reprioritize and actively confront in a way. I don't know like what that would I'm not saying every friendship in your life that isn't I'm working on you like we need to have a talk. This isn't working. You know, you don't think you, you need to do share that. your feelings now. Now. But you might have some people where you do need to say, hey, this isn't working. We have a problem. Can we work on this? You might have a spouse, you might have like a brother in law, you might you might have a sister, you might have whoever that you're like, I need to confront this because I don't want this to continue as is. And to enter into that in a holy and good way, probably like don't go batshit insane with it and maybe talk to a counselor first, you know, but like yeah. to find a way to do that, I think is really, really good. Cause there are some, there are a couple of um, friendships in my own life where I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's just not the same anymore. Yeah. And I, I just kind of like want to just, is there a way to just kind of walk away? Yeah. You know, it is, no, it no, is no. funny. It is funny because there comes a point where friendship, like you've changed and maybe your friend hasn't. And it's like, come on, mm-hmm. man. Like, mm-hmm. wake the hell up. Like, we're adults now. Like, shit's got to change. Exactly. And yeah. you might be, like, uh, one of the things about your friendships when they don't mature when you mature is that you look at them and you're like, okay, so all you are to me now is a guy to go get, you know, like, to go to the sports bar and drink when the game is on. Like, that's all you are. Like, you're not my friend. You're not this guy I was really close with anymore because – I'm over here, and I. You know what? It's funny now that you're saying that. Holy crap! There are there are three or four relationships that I was very, very, very close with that completely ended, completely, and we're cordial, we're amicable when we're around each other, but we never communicate to each other at all. Like one of those things where you're you're texting funny things every day and doing whatever to like wow you've you've really gone down a dark path that i can't follow or your priorities have shifted so much or my priorities have shifted so much that we don't we don't have the thing in common anymore and yeah i've that is funny man like i haven't thought about that from that perspective in a while, and I'm thinking about one relationship in particular. I'll say it right now to you, and then I'll edit it out of the show. That's what I thought, yeah. I mean, this couple, we were super close with, and then it's like, you're taking an Uber to a friend's house so that you can get wasted? And you live like five mi- three miles away? Like, how is this still, how is this our world? You're like in your mid-30s. Like, what do you... We're not in college, you know, we're not, we're not young and single. Like, come on. Like, what is this? And I'm sure I've been that for other people. Like, don't let me get high and mighty. I am sure I have been that for other people. In fact, I actually know a younger guy who was much more mature than me. And I did my stupid, um, you know, just like freshman year of Franciscan in the cafeteria. Like I have to be the center of attention all the time. I did that to this group of people that I didn't even, I wasn't, I was loosely connected to. And I show up at this party and I immediately start doing that dominating, talking over everyone. <laughs> not really talking, over, but like I had to be the center of attention to tell the funny stories. And this one guy. If you're not going to sit at my feet and, and uh, hear me talk, I'm going to find a way to say what it's like <laughs> you're sitting at my feet and hear me talk. <laughs> that really did happen. Um, but no, this. Make that the cover of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but the group, like this group of like three guys, one guy looked at the other and goes, I told you. And they got up and left the room. Holy shit. Are you serious? Right in front. Of, and I looked over and the whole place just like cold chill in the room. And I go, did that really just freaking happen? And I looked, and I was friends with their, I knew their wives better than them. And I go, 
did that really was that because of me and they were like uh yeah like it's them it's no it's a them thing and i was like what did what did i do wrong like what what is going on and so i was talking and they were like well this one guy just thinks like you always need to be the center of attention i was like no i do <laughs> i was like no he's He's dead on correct there. But every time I see this guy, and I still see him, he's still in my life. I, like, go out of my way to be extra quiet around him because I realize, like, th- my stupid loud personality, I I conceive of my, my absurd over-the-top sometimes, you know, gregariousness to be, like, I'm trying to cover for other people's social awkwardness, so it's like, hey, look at me! Yeah, I'll be, yeah. I'll be the center of attention. I'm giving you a, li- I'm giving you a line. Yes, here. but for other people yeah. who don't like that, they think, oh, here he is, just trying to out funny everyone or or out talk or out tell a story, and I don't want to do that. So, my mom is that, so I don't want to do that. That's interesting. Oh man, they got up and three guys, three or four guys, it might have been four, all got up. It, like stood up simultaneously. Oh, that's such a gut punch! And walked into the the room that I'm in right now, recording this podcast. Same model home, <laughs> same study, and they just walked in. So it's right off the downstairs, and I was like, "Mother effer, are you serious?" Like it was so it, the rude. It was rude. Like it was like in your face kind of thing. I don't think he knew that I heard him say, like, see, guys, I told you or something. I don't think he saw, realized that at all. So I don't think he was trying to do that. But, like, I'm out of here. And they're like, yeah, we'll go. But still kind of yeah. bold of them to say that. Jeez. I know. I know. Oh, man. I'd be like, guys, listen, I get it. But Yeah, no, I opened the door and I said, listen, guys, just so you know, I'm going to leave. But uh, I've known your wives longer than you have. And I just shut the door and walked out. And they came with me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Uh, hey, this was fun. Uh, we, we talked about some good stuff here. I think so. People might enjoy this. I also found a new yeah. YouTube religion. Oh, gosh. What is that now? Homeschooling <laughs> curriculum. There's this thing called the Robinson curriculum. It's incredible. Perfect. It's breathtaking. We'll save it for later. Bye, Luke. What's what's so breathtaking? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah, no, I, I, you, I gotta go. You to sound bed. so tired. All right, bye, Luke. Love you. Right. Special thanks to bye. our sponsors, wait, wait. BetterHelp Athletic Greens and Executive Coach Solution. Bitch out.